Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries. We're at the Global Office in Bentonville, Arkansas, and uh, we've been having fun with these podcasts, uh, sharing a lot of different insights and stories. And today uh, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, Rocky decided he wanted to interview me. Uh, so, Rocky, I'm going to hand over the mic to you today. Okay. Well, okay, I'm getting even. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we've been uh, diving deep into my spiritual development and the development of influencers and and uh, this new book that I wrote and we're getting ready to release uh, is about that as well, even more so, and going way back. So everybody has a story about spiritual development. And I think I know most of yours, but I think you still got some secrets to reveal, and this is where I'm going to have some fun, right? <laughs> so, uh, Brian, uh, I want you to share with us about your spiritual formation. Uh, and I know it's still in process, like all of us. But give us a snapshot of your life. It's brought you to this point right now, because, you know, you were a businessman over in Tulsa, owned your own business and had it for several years. And you had a relative uh, amount of security that came from owning your own business. And, but you were willing to walk away from that and move into uh, a field of living by faith uh, and to leave, lead a ministry that, that uh, leads by faith and also tries to live by faith. Something had to happen along the way for you to come to this point right now. So go back as far as you want to go and share with us about Brian Craig. Okay. Well, I always tend to go back to a a turning point in my life, which was 1996. I was turning 30 years old, and it's the year I bought the business. from. It was a small business in Tulsa. My father-in-law had started in 77, and we were having our first baby, and so it was a it was a real critical time of life change and a lot of things happening. Happens to be about the same time Jesus started his ministry, right? About thirty years old. So it's kind of yeah. interesting on the timing. But but uh, I went to a Promise Keeper conference, and I know the Holy Spirit guided me there because no one invited me, uh, and I had no reason to go. I just saw it in the bulletin, and obviously I was searching for something. And at that point, I would say I was definitely a believer in Christ but I was not a follower of Christ. Well, what's the difference in that? Well, I, I was raised in church, and I had a belief in Jesus Christ that he, that he was who he said he was and that he was my Savior, that he died on the cross for my sins, that he rose from the dead and went to prepare a place for me in heaven. I believed all that. Okay. I even believed the importance of going to church. I believed in prayer, that it was important to pray. But... I didn't give Christ my whole life. I, I, it was compartmentalized. Mm. Th- those are things you did at church or at a religious event. Yeah. But it wasn't my everyday, all in all, everyday, walking every day with him. It was isn't it was not. And I go to this Promise Keeper conference, and, I, and another way to put it is being a casual Christian. Mm. I don't know if you've ever heard of that term, being a, a casual Christian. And I know a casual Christian generally leads to a casualty. Yes, I've heard that too. And, <laughs> and, and that's true because uh, – 
believe me, there were a lot of things that could have taken me down because I was living a sinful life on one side and then feeling good about myself going to church on Sunday. Okay. And so uh, go to the Promise Keepers, and I, I just really was convicted in every speaker, I, I, convicted and inspired, mm. because it was kind of like these guys had a secret that I never knew about. All these years, I, this emptiness inside of me, they might have the answer for what I was looking for. So I was really inspired to go figure this whole Christian thing out. So I'm going to stop you real quick because I think it's important for our listeners to hear this. Uh, this was this was a, a major change point in your life. I've heard you mention that several times, so we know that there was something big going on uh, there. Mm-hmm. But you just gave us a snapshot of probably the majority of Christian men prior to you going to Promise Keepers. Would you say that you observe have observed that in men that they were are kind of in the same place you were? I do, uh, I, especially as I've started getting involved in men's ministry and I've seen the stories of men, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I do. I think there's thousands of men just sitting in the churches just like me who uh, have a form of godliness but have no power. Okay. And uh, they, they don't because they don't understand. And, and I always try to say it's not their fault mm-hmm. in a lot of ways because no one's ever shown them. No, no one's ever told them. Right. No one's ever discipled them. Uh, a lot of people had, you know, good families, and they and their families taught them to go to church, but they didn't talk them how to walk with Christ. Right, and it, that's what I see everywhere. And uh, this is why I'm so passionate about what I do today, because uh, I know there's such a need out there. And that's where you were at that time. So let's take <laughs> yeah, it, take yeah. it from there and keep going. Yeah. Well, I mean, it. What happened is uh, our church. Uh, I was on a big bus with a bunch of guys, and they, they encouraged you before you got off the bus to sign up for an accountability group. And they said you got to hold yourself accountable to whatever promises you made mm-hmm. at that conference. So I started meeting with a group of guys, at, uh, and it, they met at my office, and it was early in the morning, one day a week, and it was just a strange thing for me. I'd never been with a group of men. I'd never prayed out loud with a group of men. First of all, I thought if these guys find out you know, about some of my sins and all that. They're going to kick me out of the group. <laughs> and they were thinking the same thing about themselves, too. Well, you know, the very first meeting, one guy let out and said, uh, well, guys, I just want to be honest with you. Uh, when I travel on business, I'm tempted to watch porn on the SpectreVision. Back then, it was SpectreVision was a deal on, yeah. the, on the TV, and, and I couldn't believe it. And uh, But it was refreshing that I thought, well, gosh, if he can say that, maybe, maybe I'm okay <laughs> to not be perfect, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so... That was really valuable to me, uh, and it started a process. And, and, and all of a sudden, uh, they were supposed to hold me accountable to reading my Bible, to uh, praying, to attending church, to, to tithing, to being a better husband, to being a better dad. And, and uh, it was good. I mean, it was a good intention. And I actually took it to heart, and I actually started reading the Bible for the first time in my life and really started trying. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what I was doing. Again, I had nobody really guiding me. I was just fumbling through it. Uh, but God's so gracious that even in our weakest and, and ignorant attempts, he still blesses us. Mm-hmm. You know, he loves it if a guy's seeking after him, yeah. even if he doesn't know what he's doing. And so he was so patient with me and, and guided me. And, and I've always been a leader um, in high school and in college. I've just kind of always been a guy that kind of wanted to be out charge and organize things and, and, and stepped up front when nobody else seemed to. And so next thing you know, I'm in charge of our men's ministry at our church. <laughs> and uh, it, it was kind of crazy. And I started leading Promise Keeper trips and started uh, leading men's retreats. And, and, and I was really on fire, as they say. What and, do you think made you on fire uh, at that time? Well, for sure what happened, I always related to God's Word. Okay. Getting in God's Word 
and starting to understand who he was and understanding. I mean, there were things in the Bible I never even knew they were there. How, how would you know they're, they're there right. if you don't read right. it? If you right. just wait on the preacher to tell you, that didn't really, it's not the same as when you find a treasure, a piece of scripture that applies directly to your life. It, it's like getting a hug from God. It's yeah. like God saying, I'm here. Yeah. You know, I know what's going on in your life. And, and he was revealing things to me. And it just kept making me urge to get up the next morning, and I couldn't wait for my mornings to get up and get in the Word. And and then it started changing the way I acted. It started changing my habits and the way I treated Missy and the my my the way I was I was drinking too much back in the early yeah. days, partying left over from college. And yeah. God started convicting me on it. But He didn't just convict me; He showed me scriptures that talked about it. And right. and, and, and it was really starting to bear fruit. And the, the biggest fruit, I would say, is peace. Mm-hmm. I started having peace in my life that mm-hmm. I didn't have before, and it was it was great. I, I got addicted to that. I wanted more of it, and I wanted other men to have it. I started, reali- I started looking around, like you said, and realizing, I think there's a lot of guys just like me that don't have this. Well, you know, I've got a question here, because how many people were in that original accountability group, do you think, r- roughly? About six guys. Six guys. Mm-hmm. How did they fare? Well, the, that was the thing, is, is they, they weren't, they weren't on fire like me okay. because they weren't in the Word. Okay. I could tell they were not in the Word. I'd, I'd talk about stuff that I was finding, and I couldn't wait to share it with them. And they looked at me kind of like, yeah, I probably should get in the Word more. You know, I could yeah. tell they weren't reading God's Word, and I could tell they weren't spending much time one-on-one with God at all. So how did that accountability with each other work out for them? Well, you know, and, and you know, I've talked about this many times. I couldn't put, I didn't know how to describe it. You helped me describe it later when I met you, but uh, it was all horizontal based. It was okay. based on, hey, let's let's be a band of brothers, or let's hold each other accountable. Let's let's make each other stronger. Iron sharpens iron, but it wasn't working. Yeah. We weren't. Those guys were not getting stronger just by being in proximity with other guys or with me, even who was really in the word and right, all that, because right. they weren't on their own vertical journey, and so it, it wasn't working. So, so here's the truth that men can't transform men. Right. It's going to have to be the work of the Lord to transform someone. So we have to go vertical rather than horizontal. That's right. There is some benefit of horizontal accountability, but honestly, Brian, I've, I've seen a lot of groups where men can lie to each other pretty easy. They can keep a mask on. I mean, this pornography thing going out of town, I mean, what's going to keep them from doing that if you don't have those bunch of guys around you? It's going to be some kind of vertical accountability that's going to make you want to to not watch that. Yeah. Yeah. And just being with a group of guys and asking questions and all that doesn't doesn't seem to cut it. I mean, you know, it, there's a time and a place for it, but the foundation has got to be built on the relationship and it sounds like that's what you found mm-hmm. that you started pursuing understanding the scriptures better and immersing your mind in it and then your heart began to change. Mm-hmm. If I'm hearing that correct. That's right. Take that's it right. from there. So so I was uh, a leader in my church, and uh, and I actually started leading uh, men in the city. You know, started trying to help other men, rally other men to go to Promise Keepers from all different churches. And because my brother was a in the Catholic Church, and I was in the Presbyterian Church, and and I wanted us all to be you know united. And and and, and that's what what was cool about Promise Keepers. It was guys from all different denominations. Right, right. So um, so I was leading all this, and one thing I noticed is that. The events were great, and, I, and guys would just be so inspired when they'd come back from an event, just like I was. But then it would it would fade, and then they'd be going, "Okay, when's the next event?" Mm-hmm. You know, and and I didn't, I felt like something was missing, and I couldn't put my finger on it. And uh, we had a men's retreat speaker one year, and he said, and he looked at our accountability groups first of all, and he said, "Guys, uh, can I be honest with you?" He said, "Those aren't." 
what you're doing there, he goes, I have a term for them. I call them holy huddles. He said, now Jesus asked us to go make disciples. That's the main thing he told those followers, those followers to go do. And he said, how can you do that if you're just locked in with just a group mm-hmm. of six guys for life and you never get outside of that circle? Yeah. And, and it kind of ticked us off because we had our model and all that, but, but he was right. Yeah. Uh, but again, we didn't know what to, he didn't really tell us what to do if you did go try to make disciples. Which so. is the problem, I think, of a lot of events is that we, we take men away on weekends and we fire them up and, you know, get to talking, speaking truth into them and just make them see themselves different uh, and feeling better about themselves. But when they leave, they can't sustain because they don't have a way to create that vertical connection, Yeah, which is essential. Yeah. So, so I, uh, I would say that God started leading me on this quest and the quest was to figure out how to do discipleship. Mm-hmm. I had no clue how to do it. And, and the account, I determined the accountability group wasn't really working, and, I, did, and I, I knew how to plan great retreats, but I didn't know how to disciple anybody. And, and I, I believe I was becoming a disciple because I was in the Word, and, mm-hmm. but I think I didn't want to suppose that I could just teach people what I did in the morning, and they, that would be good enough. You mm-hmm. know? So I just I didn't know how to do it. So uh, I, there was a guy in Dallas that had, a, had, had some ideas about discipleship, but, but it seemed too heavy on, 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 on his personality and him gathering men. And so I was still looking, and then, you know, that's this part of the story for sure, but um, someone handed me a copy of your book, Journey to the Inner Chamber, and that's where I learned, oh, there's something else out there. And I drove to hour and a half to Siloam mm-hmm. Springs where I met you and found out about this deal called The Journey. And, and of course, uh, The Journey proved to be what I was looking for. It was a tool to help me take other men where I was had, had gone and point them to Christ and teach them how to get in God's Word and self-feed in God's world. Teach them how to journal, which I had been journaling too. Yeah. Uh, and it also had retreats built into it, which was kind of neat because I saw the value of retreats. So it's kind of like it had everything packaged. It was like God had, had been preparing me to meet you and see this right. process. We were on the same path and I didn't even know it. Right. You know, Here I am. You didn't even know about me over in Tulsa two hours away. So to me, it was a God thing that I met you and it was all set up. Um, and so that's, that's part one of the story, I'd say. You know, Brian, uh, one thing that you've heard me say many times, because although as, as an author I really appreciate uh, somebody appreciating the book mm-hmm. and the journey and those things, but the author is not me. The author is the Holy Spirit. I just took dictation, and I really believe that. But one of the things that we want to make clear when we discuss the journey, it's not, it's not about a curriculum. It's about... The destination. Mm. It's about the proximity with Christ. That's what changes people. It's not going through a study. It's not going through a curriculum. It's not just checking it off, say I did it. It's not even the disciplines of it because we don't have a lot of disciplines in it because our, 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 our focus is mainly about movement, movement toward that intimacy with Christ. And that is where, that's where the transformation occurs. Right there. Hmm. And I think that I'm hearing you say all of the pieces of the puzzle were fitted together when you began to process through the journey and get in close proximity with Christ. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? It is. It is. And, and, and it was like I finally had a tool that I could use to help other people because right. I think guys need a tool. You know, guys like their tools in the garage and all yeah. that. Yeah. And, you, and you're always looking for that right tool. Well, we, we, got, we got the right tool now, or I had the right tool to help mother men that I was right. looking for. So, so, you know, I say it was part one of the story because I think part two was uh, 
changing my my thoughts about who I was and who I was going to be in the, when I grew up. You know, when I when I because I had these ideas of being successful and 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 you know if I was writing my own script, you know, I was going to own this business and I was going to make a lot of money and be you know have lots of money in savings, have enough money to put all my kids through college, and then and then do ministry for free. You know, I'd just kind of I'd be a, a millionaire that just does ministry for free. How's that worked out for you? <laughs> <laughs> And you know, it, 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 I didn't. You know, this is me being naive. You know, back in those days, and and uh, it was important for God to show me. He had to teach me some hard lessons. You know, you you in your story, Rocky, you went through a lot of physical things that He used to break you. Right. You know, with me, it wasn't physical; it was financial. Mm-hmm. And he took me, as you know, through uh, a lot of financial storms where my business was barely making it. And I had to drain all the equity in my house, had to drain all my retirement account, pull my kids out of Christian school, all these very humbling, difficult things. Um, Are you telling me that uh, this dream of yours to sell your business, make a lot of money, and then uh, then retire to be a full-time uh, minister didn't work out, right? It did not work out. It did not work out. Uh, but even though it did not work out the way you wanted to, you find yourself to the place that you had always desired, haven't you? That's right. That's right. And I, I have, and I, and it, it, you know, he he has to he has to break all those things out of us. Uh-huh. He he has to make sure that we're all in. You know, and and if I if I'm going to be leading a ministry that puts out this idea of personal abandonment and absolute trust, <laughs> I better know it and live it. Yeah, it can't be false. It can't be a phony. You know, but don't you think God favors our message when we live it? Yes, rather than just theory, mm-hmm. we experience it, and people see that, and it's truth. It's truth that we've got to live if we're going to teach truth. We got to live it. Mm. And the truth is the truth, and and I think that you would say that it's the best thing that's ever happened to you. Yes, yes, I would. I, but you know, I just I, I I have to tell people it's hard. You know, it's not easy. It's hard, and 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 you just it's a wrestling match. You know, it's like when Jacob was wrestling with the angel. You know, and until we finally give it up, give it up. You know, and say, okay, Lord, you win. I'm, I I want, and and you and he's just wanting to give us what we really want anyway. Oh yeah, the desires of our heart. Yeah, he's just wanting to give us the blessings that we really are looking for. You know, Brian, uh, I was a businessman for over thirty years, and just like you, and I came from that. And of course, in in, in business, you tend toward planning your work and working your plan, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all that has to do with financial goals and sales goals and goals, 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 goals. And then we organize everything around those goals, and then we become basically driven toward trying to steer this ship. Uh, and, uh, but I think that God has been teaching you through the years that the church is not to be an organization. It's to be an organism. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to join an organism, you've got you to quit trying to mass produce something and then enter into this deep place with him and so that he can do great works. Now, I'm going to take you back to that first time that, that we met and, and we talked about it that you could either join a group that was over a few miles away from Tulsa that was going on or that you would might want to consider going back and starting a journey group in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And that we like to think that there needs to be two people that are working together. So you went back and you got Evans Rector mm-hmm. to uh, be your co-leader. And then you guys, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, pretty well hand-selected about 13 uh, other men that came from various denominations. In fact, they were all different. 
and a lot of them didn't even know each other. That's right. But they were pretty. They were. They were. They were men. They were pretty well searching for something deeper. And they knew it was out there, but they didn't know how to get there. Am I correct on that? Yeah, I mean, most of these were leaders. And, you know, when you were trying to recruit leaders, they're always the busiest ones. Yeah. And they've done everything. And they didn't They didn't want to just another Bible study or another program. Or One guy said, you know, is this thing going to be cheesy? I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I, mean, I remember I mean, that. <laughs> these, are, these are tough guys to get. But yeah. um, one thing that stuck out in my memory is when I would say, I don't know much about this. But this is about having an intimate, abiding relationship with Christ. That's when guys paused. And no matter how well accomplished they were in the church or in business or whatever, when you asked them, do you have an intimate relationship with Christ, that's what caused them to pause. Right. And and said, don't take me off the list. I'm interested. Yeah. And so that's what guys are looking for. They are. And, you know, there's a dynamic here that happened in Tulsa. In fact, we called it the Tulsa model at the time. Yeah. And that is that you had not experienced the journey. Uh, you had not come out of a journey group. You were, you were going to have to go through the, the, the guide's manuals at pretty close. And, and then, of course, I met with you and Evans every couple of weeks to a- answer questions you have. But you, you just pretty well followed it and went through the journey yourself while trying to take other men. So you didn't have the answers. You just said, hey, I'm on the quest and come and go with me and I'll help you get there. If you'll help me get there. That's right. And so after a, a, almost a year, how many of those guys were still left in that group? Oh, yeah, every single one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Not one person dropped out. And uh, and then those guys helped me start six groups the next year. So th- <laughs> this, this goes to the, the, the word organism. Yes. Because an organism will reproduce if it's healthy. Mm-hmm. So what kind of reproduction did you see from that original group? Yeah, I mean, so so those you know they paired off, and we started six. So twelve guys started six new of us started six new groups, and uh, each of those groups had probably you know eight to ten guys in each group. You know, right. so it really kind of exploded in year two, and then it kept multiplying and yeah. still multiplying to this day. Yeah, there's several thousand now, uh, men and women, in, in in several churches that are taking their their people through the journey. That's the the majesty of something that God can do. Mm-hmm. That's not what a businessman can do. Right. Uh, that's not something that we can do as men. It's something that God can do if we will allow Him to do it. Mm-hmm. And of course, that the Tulsa uh, Regional uh, Center is amazing, mm-hmm. with Frank Khalil over there and and the board that he has, and and just the energy, the spiritual synergy, the reproduction that's going on, the way they're. Lives are being changed right and left, and it just started very humbly. Mm-hmm. Just started with a man who was serious about his walk with Christ, and he reached out and grabbed a few others and said, "Come, go with me." Mm. And now, Brian, look what's happened. Mm. And see, that could be true with every one of us. It's not you or me; it's all of us. If mm-hmm. we can get that serious about our walk with Christ, He could have an amazing work mm. produced through our life. Mm. And you've seen that, haven't you? Yeah, yes, I have. And, and I'm counting on the fact that there's other guys just like me and girls in cities all across the country that don't know anything about influencers or the journey, and they're seek, searching. They're on a quest, like I was, trying yeah. to find a tool to help them disciple people because they've they've tasted something and they want to help other people. And so I'm just praying that God's going to help us connect, like He did, yeah. and, and and He'll do it. He'll do it if we keep praying and we stay faithful to this message and this process. I know He'll do it. Yeah. 
Well, a lot, of, a lot of people would think that, man, the story's really good there. Now let's end it right there. Let's, let's just end it on the high, and it won't, won't be any more challenges, no more problems or whatever. <laughs> but uh, from that point on, you began to realign your life, and you began to see that, that there was a deeper calling in you. Uh, not, that, not that the work that you weren't doing over there was amazing, because as a businessman, you, you were a true tent maker. And you had a chapel in your in your office. You had a church that met in the warehouse behind your, in your office. Uh, you had a, a weekly gathering, and then you had several journey groups, and they were going on in and around there. So you were pretty much a full time guy as a businessman. Uh, but God took you out of that and brought you further. But there were some real difficulties in, in making that transition. Now, why why does that often happen that we? We want to we want to sell out the Lord, but then all of a sudden we're facing some challenges. What, what's your take on that? Well, I think I, I, there's a point that I, I want to bring up because it to me it was very significant and, and it ties all, all together. But um, there was a moment when I, I knew that that uh, it was looking like I was going to move over to Northwest Arkansas. Um, we worked out a, a way for me to sell my business to a friend of mine. We our house was on for sale, and, and it was kind of moving that direction, but I was having a little bit of cold feet. And I was having a little angst about everything, and I was looking for a word from the Lord, and, and he guided me to Hebrews 12. And Hebrews 11 is the great chapter of the heroes of our faith. Right. All They did all these great things, and they're, they're commended for it. And then Hebrews 12 says, you know, since we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, let's, let's run our race. You know, and so I'm, he's, God's got my attention, and I'm thinking, I want to be a, I want to be a great man of faith. Well, then he starts talking about hard stuff, about about being disciplined, mm-hmm. you know, and no, you know, what what man is not disciplined by his father, and you know, doesn't your heavenly father love you even more, and and all this stuff, and and it was really, I was reading it and journaling through it, and I was thinking about these seven years of, of trials, and and I was still kind of in the middle of them because our house wasn't selling, and things weren't just as smooth as I thought they should be, and. Uh, and all of a sudden, after I, at the end of it, I felt like the Lord spoke a word into my spirit, and it was crucible. Hmm. And I was like, crucible? What's a crucible? I, th- I thought I knew what a crucible was, but I, I couldn't really come up with a definition. So I Googled it on my phone, and it sh- immediately a picture came up of this clay container with that's glowing red. Hmm. And, and the definition said it's a container designed to withstand intense heat that will melt or alter its contents. And I felt like the Lord said, Brian, you're like that crucible, and I've been melting your heart and changing you and getting you ready, getting you ready for this next stage of your life. Right. And, and it just became clear to me, all these tough things were all designed by God and because, so he could melt my heart and, and to where my, my dreams were his dreams. It was, it was no longer about my dreams and the way I want to script it. It's like, whatever you want, Lord, you're, I'm all yours, whatever, I don't care. I don't care what happens. I don't care if we have to rent a house in Arkansas. I don't care if they can't pay me any money and we got to, I got to do something else. I don't care. Mm. I'm all in. Mm. And I and it was sincere and it was real. And I got on my knees and and totally gave it to him. And uh, and then I got up from there and I cashed the rest of, last little bit of my retirement account in and did a few real significant things I knew needed to happen and I just moved ahead boldly. And and it still wasn't super easy, but I was I had resolve. I had yeah. resolve that I was never turning back. So Brian, um, you know we don't we don't live in a vacuum here, and you know there's a scripture that that I, I quote a lot, and it says we suffer these things so that we know how to comfort those who are afflicted. And uh, 
how could this message to you from the Lord as you were going through this transition, and how could men out here that are hearing this uh, right now that might be having their own crucible, mm-hmm. what is a comfort that you can give them from your own experience as they go through this, what can you say to them that might encourage them right now to continue to stand with the test until it's finished? I, I want to say that the Lord is good and he's gracious and he is He is a daddy and he loves us so much. And he made us with a, a plan in mind. I mean, he there's this great drama going on in your life and you're, you're the main character. And he's got this great script written for your life, and you're you're walking it out. You need to trust the scriptwriter, yeah. trust him because he's good, and he's got some great things in store for you. Your your life is going to be valuable, and and it's going to be something you're proud of if you just stay strong, keep looking to him, keep following his lead. And there's something good at the other, on the other side of that mountain. There's some blessings, and I've started to see the blessings on the other side of the mountain. Yeah, and it's it's so exciting. It's so good. Yeah. Well, I think that would be a good uh, good thing to end with right now. I think yeah. that we've got more of your story that we can interview. I like this. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, why don't you just tell our, our audience goodbye for the okay. day okay. and uh, take it from here. But thank you for being honest You're and welcome. sharing this. You're welcome. Well, y'all, this is our Influencers Podcast, and uh, I'm Brian Craig, and this is Rocky Fleming, our founder, and uh, we're just so glad you joined us today. want to remind you that if uh, you'd like to s- communicate with us, you can send us an email at podcastquestions at influencers.org, and we'd love to hear from you and love to hear some affirmation of what you think about these podcasts. But uh, anyway, uh, I want to sign off and encourage you today, as we always do, to tell you to keep abiding in Christ and to go make disciples. God bless you.